0: Chelsea and you're listening to Beyond the Picket Fence. Not just any episodes of Beyond the Picket Fence, but this is a special segment called 25 Days of Updates. 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of 25 days of of updates. (laughs) Happy holidays. If you've been around all season, you've been hearing interviews with amazing, incredible, stupendous, okay, that's a little much, but We've been talking to really amazing people, and I've had a few people request updates. So here is 25 days of updates from everyone that we have interviewed this season. If you've missed any, Hakuna Matata, you'll find the link to the original episode in each update's show notes. You're welcome. This is day three, the update from the first person I ever interviewed, Holly, the woman behind the chair.
1: How have you been since we went beyond your white picket fence? (laughs) It has been amazing and hard at the same time. So Blaze is seizure free. His last seizure was December eleventh. Yeah, oh one seizure. December 11th at 11.03 PM because he had a fever. Cause he, we all got influenza A. It wasn't even like because of epilepsy. It was just because he had a fever. <laughs> we had to take him to the ER to get his temp down. And they said, anyone that has a temperature this high for this long would have probably a seizure. So it wasn't even like epilepsy related. His last epilepsy related seizure was Friday the 3rd at 5.50 PM. So you're almost a year. Yeah, almost a year seizure-free. Oh my goodness. And how exactly did that surgery go? Did they take out the... Yeah, so they did like a... I think they said about a golf ball size of his right frontal lobe. And he's had no side effects. It didn't affect his vision. It didn't affect his memory, any of his cognitive function. Like everything is completely normal. The surgery was supposed to take, I think, like five or five and a half hours and only took three Hours and then they said expect to be in the hospital five to seven days, and we were only in the hospital for three nights. Wow, so it was a miracle. The neurologist after the surgery came in to just kind of give us an update, and he just said, I wouldn't be surprised if that just cured Blaze. Wow, and we just like looked at him, and then he said, Never say never and never say always, and winked and then left the room. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. I know. It's so crazy.
0: Another crazy thing is that the neurosurgeon who did that operation was new at Phoenix children's hospital. And Holly just recently received an email that he was leaving PCH to train other people on that same machine that they used on blaze. The timing couldn't have been better. And blaze got that surgery right in the perfect moment. Wow. It was perfect. It is such a miracle. And he's been on how many medicines his whole life? And now what is he down to?
1: He's always been on at least two to three medications. But uh, lately, he had been like before the surgery because he was having so many seizures. He was on six medications and doing uh, IVIG infusions. He'd get four subcutaneous needles poked into his belly. Mm. And he would get an IV for about two hours of this human gamma globin. Anyways, it boosts his immune system. And it the idea behind it was to help his brain heal quicker in between seizures. Mm-hmm. So he'd been doing that for like, I don't know, four or five years every single Sunday. And he doesn't have to do that anymore. And he was on six medications and now he's down to two medications. And tomorrow we have his first in-person neuro follow-up since his surgery and we'll be talking about taking him off of another medication he'll probably always be on at least one just because his brain has developed around the medications
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we'll talk about taking him off by compa probably and then talk about his VNS, his device that's inside of his chest that hooks up to his brain that sends like electric currents to break up the seizures. Mm-hmm. Blaze wants to turn that down because it makes him speak funny when it goes off. And right now it's going off every two minutes. Mm. He hasn't had to use the magnet to swipe or anything. He has a magnet watch and he hasn't had to wear it since February. Wow. That's great. He finally so took it off. February. Yeah.
0: So you've had... We're coming up to just a year, right? Like a year of seizure-free. And so mm-hmm. when I first asked you, you said it's been amazing and hard. So can you tell me the hard stuff? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's stuff that I totally did not expect. I, I think that when you're in the moment of living in fight or flight for so long and never thinking that your life will ever be quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. t- more typical, I don't think you ever expect to have to really face all of the intense things that you've gone through head on until it's over. And I never thought it was going to be over. So I didn't realize that I had all of this pent up like emotions and feelings. Well, things I just haven't, I, you know, you're the mom, you need to stay strong. And I definitely have had moments of like weakness and breaking down, but I think for the most part, I wouldn't allow myself to completely fully feel or recognize the extent of what our life has been like the last nine years. Mm -hmm. Even with like my health problems, I don't think I ever fully grasp what we've all been through. And I think that the same with Raven, Titan and Jeff, I think that they all same thing. Like we put our Own feelings and worries kind of off to the side, and we're able to focus mostly on Blaze. And so now that Blaze is doing good, and the longer it goes, the less of that fight or flight we feel, all of these new emotions and feelings and things are coming up. And I think I never really got to go through the grieving process of having dealt with so much of like my own health stuff and Blaze's stuff that I. Started noticing in like I don't know, probably like May or June. Once we hit the six month mark, because they said once you hit the six month mark, that kind of tells like how his future is going to be. And he hit six months with no seizures, and so I was started breathing a little bit better. And then I started realizing like, oh my gosh, we've been through a lot, and I never went through the grieving process, which is like for a lot of people like anger, bitterness, sadness, worry, just a whole bunch of emotions that I don't think I ever got to process and so it's been very interesting going through all of those things now that that life is easier. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think that yeah. we would be able to just like be like okay this is so good like this is what we've been praying for <clears throat> we can be one big happy family because we have nothing to worry about really. Like all of the other worries are just minute compared to that. But it's like, we all have leftover trauma that we all have to sit with and go through the steps of dealing with it now.
0: Yeah. And processing everything. It's like now your adrenaline has worn off and now Mm -hmm. the trauma is surfacing. It's crazy.
1: It is so crazy. So even like stuff with like me and my health issues, like I'm healthy, but I never really got to feel like how weird of a situation, how weird it was that I did all of that while dealing with all of blaze while still trying to be a parent to my other kids and trying to be a wife. Star. So there's this sense of like, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. That's pretty awesome. And then also kind of like, that was not very fair or very cool. And I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like life would have been so much better if we did not do that in the first place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Have you been working again with your life coach through all of this stuff or how are you getting through everything?
1: Yep, so we don't do like regular sessions unless I, I specifically need it. I feel like she's given me so many tools that I know how to work through it. I just had to come to a point where I was ready to work through it her advice to me was it's okay to sit in it and and go through those emotions like you don't need to keep pushing it away you can you can be bitter and you can be mad as long as i'm not staying there and mm-hmm. i think i was starting to get to a place where i was staying there like and i had i well up until sunday oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> When I had to give a talk in church and my assignment was, um, how to have gratitude through trials. And I was like, I'm not grateful for anything. I just wish it didn't happen. So it was really hard for me. So writing that talk was super helpful because it made me realize that I just need to remain being grateful. Anyways, it was a good reminder. I think it was what like gratitude is where grace lives Mm, that's beautiful
0: um what's i gonna ask you oh in the last episode we talked about how blaze was like developmentally behind is he Mm -hmm. up is he like what age brain level out do you think he is now
1: so we haven't had him tested yet. I think that's another thing that probably Dr. Fox is going to arrange is to do another neuropsych evaluation. Cause we do want to see where he's at, but this is like the first time ever that he's been able to, he's gone to every single one of his class and he's doing all the work on his own. Like he's writing all of the things. Like after the first week of school, he was like, mom, I'm so excited. I can write in a straight line. I didn't realize that he couldn't write a straight, I mean, I, I would see him write and it was like all over the page. I just assumed it. he just didn't, couldn't write, like he couldn't write. But I think what it was is the disconnection from the seizures and the medication made him dizzy and not be, and probably see double. Mm. He couldn't, he couldn't write in a straight line. So he's so excited he can write in a straight line. And so he's writing all of his notes himself He's retaining information. He's learning things. He's able to tell me what he's doing during school and what he did and what he's liking. Um, it's pretty incredible. And then he's, he's like maturing. So he's getting, he gets embarrassed now of things and, (laughs) and he wants me to drop him off at school and not like, roll down the window and say bye blaze i love you like he's like a 15 year old you know he gets a little bit embarrassed and he's been able to play Fortnite with cousins because he can focus enough on it to be able to play nintendo and xbox and Mm -hmm. different things like that another thing that's hard right now is he's right in the middle of one of the hardest ages and he's waking up for the first time and so he's realizing like not everyone wants to be his friend all the time or people want like are more of like a hey blaze how are you and then just keep on going with the date like like best friends are a little bit different because everyone's been his buddy and helped take care of him and is friendly with him So now he's noticing like, I, he, you know, he's learning like about loneliness and he's learning about heartbreak because the girl that he likes, and he said he was going to marry last year and he's just had a crush on forever. You know, it's cute. Like that cutesy stuff. Well, now he's like old enough to know, like, she doesn't like him like that. She's just a friend. And she actually has like a little boyfriend. And so this year he talks about how he has had his first heartbreak, but he's seeing it with a smile because he's like excited that he's feeling all of these new things that he's never <laughs> felt before. <laughs>
0: Aww, that's so adorable. But it's
1: hard. It's hard because he's like, he's going through things that most people go through. He's yeah, just, it's for the first time. A,
0: like a five-year-old mindset to waking up and it being junior high, the worst years of life.
1: Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. I took him to a basketball game. At the junior high to, or a volleyball game to watch his friends, and he wanted to go sit with a bunch of people. And so he went and sat with them. And you know, they're like doing like Snapchat and Instagram and talking to each other. And he's trying to like get involved, but he's still not like quite there, like mm-hmm. understanding. And his social cues are still a little behind. So he's used to hanging, girls are generally the you know, the easier people to hang out with, but at, in this eighth grade world, you know, you only want to hang, hang out with the boys that you have a crush on. And so, you know, Blaze is like right there, really, really close to them. And they kind of scoot away and I watch him scoot closer to him. And I know that they weren't being mean or trying to be mean on purpose, but he's becoming more aware of, we have to teach him like social cues now of like when to text people, how often to text people what you know is appropriate to text people and like how close to sit by people and how much people want to have your hands on their shoulders or Mm -hmm. you know just things that you usually learn in like first second third grade (laughs) yeah whoa that's crazy yeah like the other day it was super funny But Blaze gets frustrated. And this is another thing is he has emotions. So he's like, he gets embarrassed. He gets frustrated. He gets mad. He gets sad. He gets excited. He gets anxious. These are things that he didn't ever have, like could never express. But you and I have both been on antidepressants, anti-anxiety. And we know how numbing that can be. He was on six of those. Oh my gosh. Seizure, anti-seizure medications are uh, most of them are antipsychotics. It deals with the same type of part of your brain, so that's so it quiets and you know, I don't know, like oh lessens that that part of the brain. So he was on, so he was just like floating around, like not not a care in the world because he's on was on so many So now that he's coming off, it's like waking up. <laughs> Anyways, and then nothing's being disrupted with these seizures. So the other night, me and Jeff were watching a movie in our room and Raven comes running into the room and she's like, Blaze is freaking washing all of the remotes. And Jeff's like, what? He's like, Blaze is in the bathroom washing all of the remote controls in the scene. And I told him he's not allowed to do that. And Jeff's like, what? So Jeff like jumps up and is like, Blaze, what are you doing? And Blaze's like, I'm just washing the remotes. And Blaze, like, Jeff's like, You can't wash the remotes. Why are you washing the remotes? They can't get wet. And he's like, No one has ever told me that you're not allowed to wash remotes. <laughs> and Jeff's just like, Well, I know, but that's like common sense. And then Blaze is like, Well, what is common sense? And then Raven comes around the corner. She's like, Things that your brain just knows what to do, like <laughs> not washing the remotes. <laughs> and blaze goes well how do you know raven that you're not supposed to wash your moats did mom and dad tell you that and she she said no he goes well then how did you know and she goes because your brain just knows and he's like well obviously my brain did not know (laughs) (laughs) so this is like the conversations he's having with lots of things so then we had to go through the house and we're like hey can you wash the microwave in the sink. And he's like, no, that's silly. That's plugged in. That would be too much to put in the sink. And we're like, well, obvious, yes, but you can't wash it because it's an electrical item and you don't wash (laughs) things that have batteries. So, you know, things like that, that we're like, oh my gosh, we have to go over these things. And another thing that's kind of crazy is just like, he's never had dreams before that he can remember because his medicine would knock him out. So he wakes up in the middle of the night with Well, we don't know. He doesn't come and get us. He never comes and gets us. But he'll come in like in the morning. He's like, oh, I had, I had like these things all night long that were freaking me out. And we're like, what are you, what? (laughs) He's like, I had these things all night long that were freaking me out. I kept waking up and it was freaking me out. And we could not figure out what he was talking about. We found out he was having bad dreams. Like he had a bad dream. And then like the first time he had a dream after we stopped giving him one of his medicines, he was like, That, he like just did not know how to explain what was going on. He's like, I was like watching a movie all night long. (laughs) That's so crazy. Right? (laughs) It's crazy and. Yeah, it is very crazy. Even as
0: Holly's sister, I've kind of been in my own world and just assuming all was peachy keen over there in Holly's land. Hearing all of this was pretty surprising for me. I had asked a few times if we could record this update and she was very hesitant. Apparently she had to give a talk in church and that kind of brought all of this up to the surface. I was a little worried so I asked her if she was okay.
1: I am okay. I think giving that talk in church yesterday was helpful for me. It reminded me of all of the things that I have done and have come through and made me give me a sense of pride but I do think I have to work through a lot of of emotions because I think I'm on that side of like I am grateful for all of this but It would have been so much easier if it just didn't happen. And so I think the bitterness was what was hard for me, but I don't feel those bitter, angry feelings. Like I was feeling the last, like, I think really four months. Wow. It's like, you have this really hard thing that you have to focus on that takes all of your energy and anything else seems not important. So you kind of just like, let that go. So then when you have that hard thing to not focus on all of these little things, become weirdly overwhelming like I was having feelings of weird things that I'd worry about that I'm like this is not even worth worrying about what is wrong with my body but I think it the way my life coach explains it, is that your brain just is trying to find something to worry about and so it just will fixate on things whether it's worthy of worrying or not it just like I I've never been a jealous person and I was having issues with jealous feelings towards like Jeff leaving the house and you know whether or not I was like a really good stylist because we have young stylists in the salon and I'm like oh my gosh like I'm like an old lady I'm not nearly as good as these girls like should I even be doing this like weird things that would never normally but you know for so long my brain had had something to focus on. Holly's
0: family has received so much love and support in the last nine years and she was a little worried that after recording this People may think she sounds ungrateful. That is the last thing I thought. Actually, not even the last thing. That never even crossed my mind. I just think she is so brave and so gentle on herself as she processes the craziness of the last nine years. She's so beautiful and inspiring and gracious and also very much human. Well, I I always end the episodes asking what do you wish people saw beyond your picket fence because you made that question up, but... I don't want to ask that question because you already have answered that question. So the new question for this little 25 days of updates is how has your perception of your white picket fence changed?
1: If you would have asked me a couple days ago, I would have been like, "Mm, it is a metal wall that is circling me so that no one can come in and that I cannot leave. (laughs) (laughs) It is not (laughs) see-through. It's metal. (laughs) <laughs> the strongest metal ever. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, That is a hard question. How has it changed? I feel like I went backwards a little bit. I was, you know, really worried and kind of I, not really in a dark place, but I was in, I was really didn't think, honestly, when I did that interview, we did not think that Blaze would make it. I didn't think, I didn't know if Blaze was even going to be here. So I thought it was not going to work and that it was going to maybe work for a minute and then it was going to be our last option. And that was it. And then he was just not going to make it. So I was in a dark place in that sense of like, we're just, this is the next step. This is the next thing I have to do. So we'll figure it out, you know, as we go. So I feel like I'm in a different place as in, I feel like I still need to work on my picket fence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know. It's hard because I don't want to come off as ungrateful because I'm very grateful. And I do recognize that I'm living a miracle. My own personal self is a miracle. Raven is a miracle. Blaze is a miracle. Like we have so much to be thankful for, but my white picket fence has a lot of band-aids on it right now. And I'm going to have to rip one off at a time and heal them, repaint my fence. And hopefully in a year from now, I'll be able to help other people build their fences. But right now I have to, I have to build mine. Like I want to be someone that can be helpful and give back to people. But I'm in a space where people ask me questions about their family members with epilepsy. And I've had to say, I wish I could I wish I could give you advice and help right now, but mentally I'm not in a place that I can be. And so my focus now is repairing my white picket fence.
0: That's the beauty of this podcast. Can we see the damaged broken picket fences and admire them as they are, band-aids and all? There is beauty in the brokenness. You are beautiful, my sister, and thank you for being willing to share. And that's today's update from Beyond the Picket Fence. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy holidays. I hope you've stayed around because it's no coincidence this episode is coming out on December 3rd. It has officially been one year of Blaze being epileptic seizure-free. Of course, I got the update from the appointment he just went to and there's amazing, amazing news. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this little recording that I got from my sister after the doctor's appointment.
1: Chelsea, I feel like I need to do another little tiny update to add to it, to just talk about what the neurologist said. So he hasn't seen his neurologist in person for like a year and a half, maybe longer. So she comes in, she peeks in and she's like, how's it going? Cause like every time she's seen us in person, it's been like a hot freaking mess. And places, is going, it's going good. I've had zero seizures since my surgery. And she was like, are you, are you serious? Are we still seizure free? She was like freaking out. Anyways, so Blaze had me put a list of questions together that he wanted to ask her, because he's, you know, experiencing a lot of new things. So he talked about his feet falling asleep, if that was normal, and she was like, yes, you're growing and you're tall, and when you sit for long periods of time, your legs are so long that it's normal for your legs to fall asleep and then he asked about his sleeping and she said it's normal that you fall asleep and then wake up in the middle of the night that's what you know a lot of normal people do and then he said can i drive and she said yeah you can drive you're seizure free for a year on the third you can get your learner's permit permit and you can get your driver's license and you can drive as long as you stay seizure free which i never in a million years ever in a million bajillion years thought that Blaze would ever be able to drive, ever. So that's crazy, and I got pretty teary-eyed, and then he asked about his VNS, if he could turn his VNS off so that it wouldn't go off anymore and make him sound like a robot, and she said, yeah, we can totally do that. If you want to try turning it down, we can totally do that. Then he said, and I want to get off of another medicine. Can we do that? And she said, yes, we can get off another medication, but you have to choose if you want to get off of your VNS first or if you want to get off of a medication first because I don't want to do both. I like to do one thing at a time. So she said, do you want to, what do you want to do? And he chose to get off of another medication, so... By the end of Christmas, he'll be off of another medication and only on one medication. And then at his follow-up in five months, we'll talk about Vimpat, which is his final medication, and we'll talk about his VNS. And he's going to see a neuropsychologist, because we did a neuropsych evaluation before his brain surgery they wanted to get a baseline. So we're going to do another neuropsych evaluation to see like where he's at cognitively and like what grade levels he's testing at to kind of give us an idea of what he'll need for high school. If he needs like a full-time aide or if he'll just need an aide in each class. Anyways, she's like Uh, Blaze, you were on my short list of the most difficult patients. It's not an ideal list to be on, but you've been on my list of the most difficult cases at Phoenix Children's, and I'm really excited to take you off of that list. (laughs) I just think it's getting time to let him just be a normal little man-child and not have this epilepsy identity for the rest of his life. I'm like, freaking out. This is a miracle.